This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the banking sector is this time not the focus, a main focus of the economic impact from a crisis. Obviously, the banks are not going to be the drag on the economy that they were during the Great Recession. They are going to be an important vehicle to make sure that small businesses get the funding they need to stay afloat. But an article in the Financial Times laid out how big banks may very well profit from some of the loan processes due to the fees associated with these loans. So how will the banking sector play out during this time? David Zaring is a professor of legal studies and business ethics at the Wharton School. He's also author of the book, The Globalized Governance of Finance, and he's joining us right now. David, great to catch up with you. Thank you, sir. Great to be here again. Thank you. So I mentioned the the article in the Financial Times, and obviously that's a a side to this, but when you look at the, how the banking industry is going to be able to be called on here and, and be able to provide resources. How important are they in your mind? Well, they are important. There's no question about that. Uh, and uh, clearly they're the vehicle that the Fed and now even Congress has uh, chosen to use to try to get as much cash as possible for the rest of the economy. So um, the response to this crisis has been one that really has May it put banks at the front and center, even though this is not a financial crisis, it's a public health crisis. But um, the Fed works with banks, and it's the Fed that's leading the charge on rescuing the economy. But I guess it does go back to all of the different changes that were made uh, by the Fed in terms of uh, rules and regulations uh, that have been set up a, a decade ago that I guess to a degree are showing that, that the banks are ready to be able to try and, and provide assistance wherever they can. I think that's right. Um, the um, Fed has encouraged banks to, you know, work with borrowers um, and they've given them all the resources they need to get dollars in the hands of people who really want dollars right now. And, and that's something that doesn't just apply to American borrowers, but to banks all over the world. The Fed's making it possible for them to get a ton of dollars uh, relatively easily through swap lines and a repo facility. And all of that is designed to sort of make the Fed the banker's bank um, uh, and the banks the um, conduit for getting money out into the real economy. How much concern... And I think the other part to this story, David, is also the fact that while we're talking about this in the here and now, we still don't really know how long this coronavirus outbreak is going to be impacting us on a, on a significant level. And so then I guess the question is surrounding the banks, you know, are, are they at a point now where the capital levels are strong and, and obviously the stress testing has, you know, has tried to make sure of that, that banks can be strong throughout this crisis, however long it lasts? They'll tell you that the answer is yes, that they're really well capitalized. Um, but uh, it, it can't go on forever. If all your borrowers can't pay back their loans, uh, then any financial institution is going to run into trouble, no matter how many dollars the Fed makes cheaply available to those institutions. And already we've seen, I don't know if I'd call this cause for concern, but um, actions by government regulators that suggest that they're worried about the capital level of the banks. So the Fed just relaxed its supplemental, supplementary leverage ratio, uh, which means that uh, big banks will have to hold a few less safer, ultra-safe government assets. Um, uh, that's going to make it easier for them to meet their capital requirements. 
uh, smaller banks are being told that they can knock a percent off their capital requirements. Uh, they can go down from 9 to 8%, and if they can show that they uh, meet a simple 8% capital requirement, they're okay. Uh, but that suggests that regulators are concerned that 9 is too high or might be too high soon. And so, you know, the, the Fed has talked, and uh, uh, Jerome Powell has talked about what a good job um, regulators have done making sure that banks are ready uh, for a shock. And yeah. they look reasonably ready for a shock, but I, I don't know how long uh, any business could survive a shock of this magnitude, um, an economic shock, shock of, of this magnitude. And I don't think banks are, are so different from other businesses in that regard. So are, are some of the, the, the concerns that you may have, are there any of those that are, are more in the short term or are you thinking with the concerns more long term? No, in the short term, and I don't claim to be um, an economist, you know, it's just stuff like airlines and hotels and bars and restaurants. They're going to be the, the first businesses to be hit or, or hurt. And I think the banks have insulated themselves so that they can even keep uh, loaning money to some of these uh, institutions failing uh, serious headwinds. And they know that their regulators want them to do that. Um, big banks have said they're not going to um, uh, do stock buybacks. They may try to hang on to the dividend, but they're already looking at ways to keep whatever capital that comes in, uh, keep as many dollars that come in in the bank. Uh, that will bolster their balance sheet. And so I think I'm less worried about short-term failures than I am about long-term consequences. Um, uh, as the economy continues to contract, I think uh, lenders are going to have a big problem. And I also think that you know, lenders who specialize in something special that's really tanking quickly, like um, energy uh, banks or banks located in Texas and uh, um, North Dakota and uh, places that are uh, dependent on the uh, oil and gas industry. They're the ones most likely to run into trouble first. Right. And and, and obviously the oil sector has been a, a concern uh, in, in the last few days. Uh, the, the oil price is going up a little bit today. Uh, but again, that that that's a, a dynamic at play here that really not coronavirus connected, but really what we were seeing in terms of the pricing war between Russia and and, and Saudi Arabia, and and it, it makes you think that the the government, the U.S. government, is going to try and step in and and see what they can do to try and mitigate some of these uh, these waves that are coming in the oil sector. Yeah, and that's a strange and maybe even a troubling thing. I mean, these. Uh, many of these energy companies are pretty, uh, you know, thinly capitalized themselves. They've got big investments. Um, uh, the realization of that investment is going to be, um, you know, the price of a product, which is a product, the price of which is, is going way down, way below, um, apparently, you know, how much it costs to take this stuff out of the ground. And so I can't imagine there won't be a wave of bankruptcies across that industry sector if there's not a bailout. And I can't imagine that if that happens, you know, that the energy lenders are going to be facing something very similar themselves. What do you think is is going to be the more immediate future on regulation surrounding the banking sector? Uh, will there be an easing by the Fed, maybe in some areas, realizing uh, the the uh, the amount of strain that that the economy is going to be under for a while. I think so. Um, some people worry that um, uh, relaxing regulation is the wrong thing to do in a crisis. That um, sometimes that leads regulators to sort of extend and pretend um, and uh, sort of prop up insolvent financial institutions. I think the Fed's going to 
you know, double down on its international arrangements to get money out to the rest of the world. I think um, it's going to have a hard time. And it's, uh, you know, job one is uh, it's kind of serving as the facilitator of these many different um, uh, special purpose vehicles that Congress has told it to set up um, to get, you know, $454 billion to corporate America. And that's going to create, uh, require a bunch of work. The Fed hasn't had to do that stuff before. Um, they're going to have to do it quickly. Um, they're going to have to get Wall Street to help them out. And, you know, one, one thing that's going to happen, and this is going to be a problem for um, the regulatory uh, situation the Fed's in, is they're going to make some uh, loans through this facility that are going to go bad or going to prop up um, uh, some somewhat seedy businesses. Um, mm. uh, and uh, if that's what happens, um, I think Congress will be unhappy. Um, but that's uh, something that uh, the Fed apparently has signed up for and is, is willing to try to take on. What about the stress tests themselves? Do we continue them uh, going through this, uh, this downturn right now, or uh, do we put a temporary hold on them? Yeah, people are wondering about that. In Europe, they're um, canceling the stress tests. Uh, uh, and in other ways, uh, non-stress test ways, um, there's been a lot of regulatory forbearance. Um, you know, uh, examiners aren't uh, going around to see uh, the banks they examine as, you, as frequently as they usually do, or, or sometimes they're not going in there at all, uh, which is, uh, you know, consistent with social distancing. Uh, in the United States, they said, we're going to keep doing the stress test. Um, uh, and there's a, maybe a good reason for it. Um, uh, stress tests do give you a picture of um, what uh, banks uh, look like. Um, uh, and so um, uh, there's some information to be gleaned from that, even if you're relatively mild and how, how um, uh, after the stress test, the sort of corrective action you recommend that undercapitalized banks take is. Um, it's also a way that the Fed calculates uh, various amounts of um, uh, conservation money that uh, banks have to hold. And since the Fed may be recalculating that amount, uh, it may want to go through with the stress test exercise. Indeed, it's indicated it will continue to go through with the exercise uh, so that it can recalibrate just how much uh, capital banks have to hold on in, in, the, in the case of this emergency. David, thanks very much for your time. Greatly appreciate your insight. All the best, and we'll see you on campus at some point down the road. I, I only hope it's true. I, I miss uh, going into school. So um, uh, I look forward to catching up with you again soon in person. You got it, David. All the best. David Zaring, professor of legal studies and business ethics here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.